You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Yesterday at this time, the Odell Beckham Jr. story was simmering with the Cleveland Browns. We didn't know if he was going to be cut or not. He was held out of practice. He's being held out of today's practice. We'll check in with the Browns coming up. Also, the Aaron Rodgers story exploded yesterday at this time. Tom Pelissero was on us uh, on with us uh, about uh, 10.50 East Coast time and then hung up with us and then broke the story that Aaron Rodgers had tested positive for COVID and would miss the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Then it was, okay, wait, we thought he was vaccinated. No, he's out-out and might miss the following week against Seattle. Now we've had a windfall of opinions, stories, speculation, rumor, innuendo. Team is not going to get in front of the uh, media today. Aaron Rodgers probably would have in a normal week, but not going to do that, I don't think, today. So we're left to wonder what's going to happen to Rodgers. Is he going to be fined? Will he be suspended? What happens to the Packers? If you look at other organizations, Denver, Denver was spanked. The Raiders... Also, the Titans, you've had the Saints, they get fined substantially. And from what I was told by a source who's involved in this, that the Packers are going to be complicit in trying to cover this up. That they knew that Aaron was not vaccinated, that uh, he was immunized. And I I just want to make sure that uh, I let people know about this. The Center for Disease Control, the CDC, defines vaccination as the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. Its definition for immunization is, quote, a process by which a person becomes protected against a disease through vaccination. Okay. It seems pretty close if you listen to that. Now, if you're not a doctor and you're not playing one on TV and you're a member of the media... And you hear Aaron Rodgers say after he's, well, Seton, would you play it? Because he does say yes to being vaccinated, but then says that he is immunized. Are you vaccinated and what's your stance on on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, You know, there's a lot of of conversation around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements and have made statements, owners who made statements. you know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. So now does the NFL go in and get videotape of what goes on inside the Packers training facility? Do they see if Aaron Rodgers went through protocol? Because from what I'm told by a source, the Packers are they're going to look into, are they complicit in this? Did they allow Aaron Rodgers to sort of skirt some of the uh, protocols here because it's Aaron Rodgers. Did he get special treatment here? Did they not want to upset Aaron Rodgers given what happened during the offseason? Those are the things that are probably going to be investigated here. And Rodgers will probably be fined and don't rule out being suspended. Yes, Eden. I could see at the time when he made that statement that it just kind of sounded like uh, he's using big words to like sort of show off like that know-it-all kind of thing. You know, yeah. $5 words like, uh, have you been vaccinated? I, I've been immunized, yeah. You're like, oh, okay, fancy. But he says, yeah. Have you been vaccinated? Yeah. 
And then he says, I've been immunized. Well, that's not vaccinated. That's different. But I don't know if, you know, going through this holistic approach that in his mind, he thought, I'm raising my antibodies and I'm uh, I'm good to go. Well, you know, he, he did ask the NFL Players Association to see if he could get a special exemption that he didn't have to get vaccinated, that he had this holistic approach. And the NFL said no. But I don't know what happened after that. Did the Packers know that he wasn't vaccinated because he, you know, filed this petition and basically to say, hey, can I can I still be able to go into the facility? Can I still do my job? Do I have to wear a mask? Do I have to be tested every day? How often do I have to be tested? That's what I think the NFL, the NFL Players Association uh, are going to try to find out here soon. Yeah, Paulie. I went back and watched a little bit of that August 26th press conference with Aaron Rodgers and there were a lot of other topics they were asking about. That was not a prime topic. They were still dealing with off-season stuff and bringing Randall Cobb and all the other, you know, football stuff. So it wasn't like he was talked. They didn't talk about a lot. So it wasn't a big red flag, probably for the local media. But it it feels deceitful that you know you're not vaccinated. This is semantics that you're playing with here, and that's not fair to your teammates. That's not fair. Other players get sick. Um, other players' families. And unless everybody knew that he wasn't vaccinated. But if you're going to a Halloween party or you're hanging out with teammates and, and you're not wearing a mask here, you know, then it's different. And that's why I was told the NFL may come down on Aaron, uh, hard on Aaron Rodgers because of this. Yes, McLovin. If you're the Packers management, are you going to say, Aaron, we'll pay the fine, we'll do anything? They'll... Would you bet over backwards just to try and make this offseason well, more productive for them? I, I thought this was interesting about uh, Matt LaFleur, the head coach, yesterday. The question is in here with the uh, head coach. There's been a couple of players who've only talked, spoken to us via Zoom over the course of the season. Obviously, Aaron has talked to us in person. I've never seen him with a mask. Has he skirted the rules at all during this? Yeah, I'm, again, you guys are trying to, in a roundabout way, trying to get me to answer whether or not a guy is vaccinated or unvaccinated. Well, I I and I'm not going to, I'm not going there. He basically said, you know, you got to ask Aaron. Got to ask Aaron. Because now your head coach is trying to answer. And if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm like, uh, I'm not getting close to this. But I did wonder, you know, did they hop on the grenade here? management and say, Hey, you know what? This is on us. We, we thought that, uh, you know, he had been cleared, whatever it is, whatever your rationale is. But I, I, I think this is a really interesting crossroads for Rogers and the Packers. You know, what do they do? What do they say? Um, how's Rogers react to this? You know, the bigger picture, too, with the team itself is you got a big game against Kansas City. Jordan Love thrown into action here. Then you got Seattle. You're trying to get home field advantage. There was nothing to talk about in Green Bay. After the Saints game, everybody had a thought on Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, and he didn't show up off-season workouts, and he's going through the motions. He doesn't want to be there. Then all of a sudden, they start winning. Then they beat the Cardinals. Don't even have Devontae Adams. All's well. Everything's good. Then this. Now what happens? What if you lose the next two games? Kansas City and Seattle. You were the clubhouse leader for home field advantage. But I think there's a lot more to the story, at least it feels like, from the source that I spoke to this morning. 
Uh, did speak to somebody about Odell Beckham, and did he play this perfectly? And I went, okay, I'm all ears. And uh, my source said that he thinks Odell Beckham wanted to be released. That, that it was after the trade deadline, and therefore, if they release him, they have to pay him, then he can pick who he wants to go to. His choice, not we're going to get rid of you, this is the best offer we have. He might be able to dictate he's going to get paid, and he's going to be able to go where he wants to go. And from what I was told, hey, it would make sense for New Orleans. Michael Thomas is out for the year. They need a go-to wide receiver. And uh, he played his college ball at uh, LSU. So that's just some of the information that I've received so far this morning. We haven't heard anything else. There's nothing new, but we will check in with the Cleveland Browns because OBJ is not practicing again today. I just don't know how he goes back into that locker room, how he goes into that huddle. And I think OBJ is saying, I don't want to be here. And we did look at the video that his dad co-signed on and said, hey, here's 11 minutes and uh, look, my son's open. Now, I don't know who made the video, but, you know, OBJ didn't come out and say, hey, you know, Baker's still my guy. He didn't. He didn't say anything. So OBJ is probably saying, hey, I'll co-sign on that. Absolutely, dad. Go get him. But you hold him out of practice, you hold him out of practice again today, and I'm going to guess OBJ is not going to play another game for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Paul. Sports parents are kind of fascinating because, you know, at a young age, you back your kid, or some sports parents are rational, some sports parents aren't. And it appears, you know, Odell Beckham's dad seems like a, you know, I don't, we don't know nothing about him, but he, he put this video out to defend his son or give his side of it, and he might be totally right. But it'd be funny if, like, it's interesting to see how old parents can get overzealous. And it happens from age five to age 30. Yeah. Not inserting yourself, but over-defending or properly defending, depending on how it looks. But it, but it feels like it's just this generation where the parents are overly involved. I, I can't imagine like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, where all of a sudden, you know, somebody's dad is going to get involved and, uh, you know, Take two. Well, they didn't have social media back then. Yes, we should he, uh, ask Archie Manning. <laughs> he was certainly involved. He did. Yeah, he did. He wanted to make sure that his, his son didn't go to the Chargers. They had to use the media the old-fashioned way when he didn't want to go to the Chargers. He leaked it out there without with keeping it away from Eli. Eli's not saying, I don't want to go. Yeah. The family's saying it. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you know, look at uh, Lonzo Ball, his situation. LaMelo. His dad. Haven't heard from his dad too much, which is great because I said, let these kids grow up to be men. Let them handle whatever adversity they have. If, you know, Lonzo doesn't work out in New Orleans, okay, great. Let's see what he does now. Now he's in Chicago. LaMelo, you know, a circuitous route to the NBA, but he's doing really well. By the way, that was must-see TV for me last night. The Hornets against Golden State. It's fun. And and Lonzo is the reason, Lamelo is the reason why you're watching the Hornets. He's got tune-in factor. Um, but I, man, Golden State. If Clay Thompson is ninety percent of Clay Thompson, I still think Golden State's the team to beat in the West. I did wonder what Kyrie Irving must think about Aaron Rodgers' situation. 
It just, and I just thought, I wonder what, you know, or Carson Wentz thinks or Kirk D. Cousins thinks. Because, you know, we blasted them, but they did come out and say, look, we don't want to be vaccinated for whatever reason. I think Kirk D. Cousins said, you know, for religious reasons. Um, okay. Kyrie willing to sit out. Okay. They at least owned this. You know, Aaron didn't own it. It was sort of cryptic there. And I think that's where it feels deceitful and where people have a problem with it. All right. Uh, by the way, here is uh, Baker Mayfield talking about OBJ's dad posting a video. Hurt? No. Surprised? Yes. Yeah, I, I think there's there's different things that, um, you know, play a factor into it. I've had conversations with his dad before, man-to-man, face-to-face. And uh, I was pretty surprised by the video and, you know, the, the intentions and the feelings behind it. I'd be lying if I said otherwise, but hurt? No, I'm good. Okay, what kind of conversations did... I, I don't know if somebody said, what kind of conversations did you have with OBJ's dad? Who initiated those? Because that would have been my question if I was there in the media room. And I'd still want to know, what, what was the... Now, he might say, no, I'm going to keep that private here. But I don't know. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to miss this game. The Green Bay backup quarterbacks in the Aaron Rodgers era. So since he made his first start in 2008, are 6-11-1, averaging 211 passing yards. Last quarterback to start for the Packers other than Rodgers was Brett Hundley. He started nine games in 2017, went three and six. Uh, he was preceded by Matt Flynn, went two and two. Uh, Scott Tolzien, 0-1-1. Seneca Wallace, 0-1. Flynn again in 2011, 1-0 and 2010-0-1. Yeah, Paul. Uh, the Packers are bringing Blake Bortles back to clipboard it for them. And uh, Bortles was on a golf course yesterday, and he, his phone hit it, right? <laughs> Got to go, guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I can finish my uh, 18 holes here. So Blake Bortles is coming in because they're third-string quarterback. Well, wait, is Blake Bortles now the second-string quarterback? McLevin? I think he is. No, actually, let's check, check because Kurt Bankert is no, definitely— he, but he's out. He's definitely out with COVID. I think he's out with COVID unless he can double test to get back in. Oh, I'm not okay. sure. All right, we'll check in with the Cleveland Browns. Let's see if we can get some answers here with uh, OBJ and uh, Baker Mayfield. Because I think both of these have a future that it's in, well, it might be in doubt in Cleveland, at least one of them. We'll take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. It's amazing. Discover matching all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn. That's amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. And that means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. You can learn more, a lot more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The Saints are hoping to have Taysom Hill available for Sunday's game against the Falcons. He did practice on Wednesday. He uh, took part in a portion of the practice that was open to the media. He missed the last two games with a concussion. And the Saints will then have to decide if it's uh, him or Trevor Simeon taking over for Jameis.
Winston. Yesterday at this time, the Odell Beckham story was sort of simmering. It's not simmering any longer. Mary Kay Cabot covers the Browns, a writer for Cleveland.com, the Plain Dealer, and a Browns analyst for WKYC-TV. Mary Kay, how would you sum up the last 24 hours? Uh, Well, it's been really crazy, but I think when you trade for an Odell Beckham Jr., you have to uh, plan that you might have a little bit of of zaniness uh, with the program that comes along with the immense talent that he is at times. But uh, it's it's been stressful on everyone. It's been difficult Uh, inside that building in Berea. There's been a basically a firestorm going on in there and uh, and it just needs a resolution. Okay, when is that resolution going to happen? You know, I think it might take a little time, but I do think that Odell Beckham Jr. has played his last ball for the Cleveland Browns. I really think the only thing left to do is figure out some kind of an exit plan, whether that is a settlement that requires some money given back or whether it requires, you know, it takes an outright release. Whatever it is, I think it's over. Was OBJ at the facility yesterday? No, he was not. He was told to stay home yesterday. And the same thing has happened today. Uh, He really is no longer a part of the team. And again, his agent is talking to Browns GM Andrew Barry, and they're basically just trying to work out some kind of an arrangement where he is no longer playing football for the Browns. How long has this been building? Well, you know, I think he came into this season really committed to helping this team win and ready to go. He he rehabbed from the torn ACL and he was a good teammate and just a good citizen all the way up, I think, uh, pretty much until he got one target against the Steelers in that 15-10 loss uh, for six yards. One catch for six yards in a game in which they scored 10 points. And he was on the field for 43 snaps, so it wasn't like he wasn't out there. Uh, so I think that was it. I think his camp basically just said, forget it, we're done, we've got to get you out of here. And that's what happened. But I wonder, and I don't know if you can tell us, does, does he think that Baker Mayfield is avoiding him on purpose on the football field, or does he think Baker Mayfield is just inept? Well, I, I think it's probably uh, a mixture of, and I don't know if Odell per se feels this, but I feel like his sort of his camp, his inner circle uh, believes, obviously we know this from what his dad posted, uh, that Baker wasn't going to Odell at times when he was open. And I also think that they believe that, uh, you know, that Odell would fare better with a higher caliber quarterback. I'm wondering if you put this to a fan vote, do you want to re-sign Baker Mayfield to a long-term contract, a max deal, where you're going to pay him at least $40 million? What do you think the Cleveland fans would vote? Um, You know what? I I think that the Cleveland fans are still, for the most part, behind Baker Mayfield. And and I think that the Browns still believe that he is their quarterback of the future. At least that's the vibe I have been getting over the past month or so, that they really still believe in him. And, uh, and feel like there have been some extenuating circumstances this season, injuries on the part of Baker and those around him. Do you believe so, that he's the future? Uh, you know what? I, I, I wonder sometimes if he is or not. I'm, I'm not as convinced as I was maybe at the end of, of 2018. Um, but still, here's the thing. The receiving court hasn't really necessarily – done an amazing job this year. I mean, Odell has been a non-factor. 
Jarvis has been out of the lineup most of the time. Kareem Hunt is gone. I'm not ready to pass any judgment on Baker Mayfield this season until I can see him out there with a full complement around him. He hasn't had, again, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Odell. Not one game has he had that whole offense around him. How close did the Browns come to trading Odell Beckham at the trade deadline? I don't think they came really close because, you know, he still has about $7 million left that he's owed this season. And I just don't really think anybody was willing to pick that up or could pick that up. There aren't that many teams that have that kind of cap space. Handicapped this team's second half of the season within their own division as far as just making it to the playoffs. Well, you know, it's going to be really tough because of what those Cincinnati Bengals are doing. And this game on Sunday is enormous. And you can hear Kevin Stefanski talking about it in terms of we're desperate and our lives depend on it. Uh, I I think the Browns have got to use this really as a rallying cry. I think it's time for Baker Mayfield to show who he is and what he is as a leader and really kind of lead this team to the playoffs. They can still do it. Uh, They've got five division games left. you got the Uh, Ravens coming up twice here. Yes. Uh, So, you know, they have the opportunity to do it, but they're going to have to dig deep. And somehow this team's going to have to really turn it around and find the passing game that's basically non-existent right now. Thank you, Mary Kay. We appreciate your time as always. Thanks for having me. Mary Kay Cabot, the uh, Browns beat writer for Cleveland.com, the Plain Dealer, and a Browns analyst for WKYC TV. They've got the Bengals at the Bengals. They are at the Patriots. They got the Ravens home and away, obviously. Now, you do have the Lions coming up, but you need to have one of those exhale games like, okay, now we're okay a little bit here. But if you don't have a running game, well, they don't have either right now. And the offensive line, that's a mess. Injuries. You know, it's tough to go, okay, we'll just get better quickly. You know, with Patrick Mahomes, you hope the offensive line gets better. They cut down on their penalties. You still have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Like, you know, all fails. We still have a great quarterback, and we have a Hall of Fame tight end, and we have Tyree Kill. Browns don't have that. They don't have that luxury. And you go into these games. People thought Cleveland was a Super Bowl caliber team. Now, they might be. The question is, when do you get healthy? How healthy do you get? And... You know, where do you stand with Pittsburgh beats you at home? This game against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, you know, the Ravens, uh, the Patriots are a playoff quality team. Like it, it gets tricky here. And you start, you know, you start looking at these games, start the season, you got 17 games. And then it's like nine games left. And then you're thinking, where'd that first, you know, where'd the first half of that season go? Yeah, Paul. Yeah. The Browns wins, wins this year are versus the Texans the Bears, the Vikings in a close one, and the Broncos in a three-point game. Those are their wins this year. None of them are impressive. Bengals, Patriots, you go 0-2, and then you're at the Lions, which is obviously easier, but a must-win. Then back-to-back Ravens. Didn't uh, the Vikings miss a chip shot, and that's how Cleveland won that game? Is that that game? Well, it could be a variety of games with the Vikings with a field goal kicker missing a chip shot. Yeah, McLevin. But one thing for Baker, this is some... Good defense. This is the defenses you want to see. The Ravens are pretty bad right now. They're getting torched every day. And yeah. the Bengals looked bad last week. The Lions look bad. Yeah. This is a. Do you think Baker could turn this around? Okay. Give him a running game. Say the running game gets a little healthier. They they've already had their backup running back. So they have two. Their third string running back. 
And it's been great. So that's not the issue. Dearness Johnson. I mean, it comes down to can they pass the ball when they need to pass the ball? Yeah, McLovin. The Steelers are pretty nasty, though. That's one thing. That's a pretty good defense. I feel like Baker just, I, he, can, he can turn it around this week, Cincinnati. What do you say? I don't know. Talk about a team that you don't know. What, what is Cincinnati? Is, the, is it the team that was leading the AFC, or is that the team that lost well, the Jets? Well, I, I don't think they're a, let's you know, count on the Bengals leading the AFC. But I, I do think they're competitive week in and week out, and they haven't always been that. We know that. It feels like they're more than just Joe Burrow. Now you bring in Jamar Chase. I think the defense has been kind of slapped together and done a pretty good job for the most part this year. Uh, Mixon is a good running back. You know, my whole thing was if you protect Joe Burrow, he's going to keep you in games. I mean, he's a really, he's a really talented quarterback from a standpoint of nothing flusters him. And, and it should when you're playing for the Bengals, you would think it would, but it doesn't. You know, you watch Jared Goff with the Lions. He doesn't look comfortable at all. Joe Burrow was playing with the Bengals and he looked great last year until he got hurt. He wasn't afraid. And, and, you know, when you're looking for a franchise quarterback, it's when you're down. What do you do when you're down? Like, this is what I want to know with Baker Mayfield. Okay, now let's see what you got. When it's going well, it's like, man, that guy is awesome. Well, when it's not going well, that's what you want to know. And that's what I want to find out from Baker Mayfield these next couple of games. Yeah, Paul. Dan, that Bengals bandwagon got huge. October 24th, they beat Baltimore 41-17. And all the Monday articles were like, this is the Bengals. The Bengals better than the Browns, blah, blah, blah. And then they go, they lose to New York at, against the Jets. Oh, we're so phony, you know, in the media, you know, hypocritical. It's like everybody thinks they, hey, I told you. Well, yeah. I, I've told you a lot of things where I go, yeah, I shouldn't have told you. You know, we, 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 we want to be out in front of it. And with the Bengals, man, it was a wonderful moment. Great game. You know, impressive win. But, you know, then you have to win the games that you're expected to win. Sometimes you win the games that you're not expected to win because that team you're facing is already looking past you. You know, the Ravens learn the hard way. It's like, oh, my God, wait a minute here. We're in trouble. And then they get blown out. The Bengals go into the Jets game, and they didn't think Mike, Mike White could beat them. Vanilla defenses. They weren't putting pressure on him. And then the next thing you know, you're like, Mike White is Joe Montana. And you're going, oh, my God. Wait, what just happened? You lost to the Jets. Uh, Jesse in L.A. Hey, Jess, what's on your mind today? Hey, DP. Hey, bud. Hey, so as a Packer fan, I'm I'm not that surprised given Rogers' new hairstyle and Ben approach to things, but I'm at the Tony Lo- Tony Romo level, frustrated and disappointed in the uh, in Rogers and in the organization, not for the choice in vaccination because you know we know that's a personal choice. However, I believe they both had to be covering this up, and it's something that puts other people at risk, as you said. So as an HCP, that's kind of my take on that, but. The real reason I'm calling is I, I, I did see something yesterday completely off topic that I had to do a double take because I couldn't believe it. But if you queue up the Ron Burgundy stat of the day music, I'd love to give it to you. Oh, okay. Uh, Seaton, you have Ron Burgundy? Here we go. Stat of the day, stat of the day, bop, bop. stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what stat of the day. 
Each of the first four teams in the college football playoff, if it were to stay as is, would have head coaches that are either Nick Saban or someone that coached under Nick Saban while out at Alabama. Roll Tide. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that one, stat of the day. Paulie, do you have this day in sports history? Momentarily. Okay. Um, 1976 Major League Baseball holds its first mass market free agency re-entry draft. Uh, Don Baylor, Raleigh Fingers, Bobby Gritch, Dave Cash, Sal Bando, basically most of the Oakland A's, Gary Matthews, Don Gullett, Wayne Garland. Players could be drafted by a maximum of 12 teams, then negotiate a contract with the player. The Mariners and Blue Jays were excluded from the draft. They were expansion teams. The Reds opted not to participate. The only team not to draft the rights to a single player. That was 1976. Yes, Paul. Got a few. 1960, Wilt Chamberlain with Philadelphia set an NBA record when he missed all 10 of his free throws. All 10 in one game. So, wait, just because he, the only guy to ever miss. No one had ever gone 0 for 10 in the 10. NBA game before. Mm. No offense. Okay. Uh, 1973, the Chicago Bears set an NFL record when they held Green Bay Packers to minus 12 passing. That never happens with the Bears Packers, so I had to throw <laughs> that in there. Uh, ooh, 1994, the San Antonio Spurs season opener was delayed for 50 minutes when a fireworks display during the opening <laughs> triggered the sprinkler system at the Alamo Dome. I think you were on SportsCenter for that one. I, I think I was. I think I was, yeah. Here's one from McLovin. 2001, Randall Cunningham achieved 30,000 career passing yards. And, oh, this is, no offense, uh, Nate Newton, former Dallas Cowboy, was arrested in Louisiana after police found blank pounds of marijuana in his van. Who can guess closest to the hole? How many pounds of weed did Nate Newton have in the van? Uh, Let me go to Seton first. That's not fair. Uh, I'm going to say 10. No, I thought Seton looked like he had the answer. (laughs) Oh, expert witness, though. Really? I wouldn't think that. An expert witness and I like whenever we, pounds of we, not trafficking. We go on remotes and people are always trying to slip seat and joints and like, that is the, that is a fact. And he goes, I got like four joints here that like people that keep handing me like you know how you do it in a way that you don't think you're being obvious, but you're being obvious? Like you know, somebody backhands you something, you're going I can't smoke these. Yeah. What are you Well, it's a very it's a very nice gesture, yes, but it I'm is. not taking uh, it. I'm gonna go one hundred pounds of weed oh, with dang. Nate Newton. You're closer. Okay. Remember, he's a big guy, Nate Newton. I think he was 370. 200 pounds of weed. 213 pounds yeah. of marijuana. Oh, there. go. <laughs> but that, that's good, though. That, you didn't get caught with like a pound and a half. Yeah. That's a waste of time. Yeah. 213 pounds. Yes, Paul. We worked with Nate Newton for one year at yes, ESPN, yes, and he walked over to uh, the McDonald's, <laughs> and he picked up food, and he walked back, and the, the bill was there. He had two bags of McDonald's. Yes. And the bill was $27 he spent on McDonald's. <laughs> and I looked at him, I go, oh, man, I'm good. I didn't want anything. He goes, I didn't get you. <laughs> that was for himself. He got $27. I did really like Nate. You know, I, I haven't talked to him in years, but he was a really good guy. And, and he had great stories, and he was a, a fun guy, good team player. I'll tell you what, if I was Nate Newton right now, I'd be pissed. Well, with the new laws? <laughs> yeah. Now you can just go to the corner and pick up 213 pounds of weed if you want. Can you get 213 pounds? I no. think there, is there a cap? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they, they do cap it. Yeah, but the store at the corner, they've got 213 yeah, yeah, pounds. Wow. They're yeah. just getting tax revenue. I, I have a, a friend who uh, is in New York, and uh, he said, I, everybody's smoking pot. And I said, 
yeah. He goes, like, are you allowed to just walk down the street and smoke pot? And I go, yeah, pretty, pretty much. And he goes, yeah, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm just walking around and everywhere I go, you smell pot. And I go, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what's going on here. All right, uh, results of the poll question, McLevin. Are we done with it? Yeah, who's the most overcovered player in the NFL? It is a runaway, Odell Beckham Jr., 51%. Then Baker, <laughs> second. A-Raj, third. Brady, fourth. I, I, and I, don't think, I don't think that OBJ is the most overcovered. I, well, it, he just hasn't produced compared yeah, but, to everyone else. Uh, I would list. say Baker is more overcovered. You know, he, he's covered more than OBJ. Yeah. And he's overcovered if you look at what he's producing on the field. But OBJ has been hurt for so long that he hasn't done anything. Yeah. I mean, it's been basically on and off for four years, though. Yeah, see. On and off for four years. Are you talking about Baker or Odell? Odell. He's oh. been, <laughs> been sidelined. I wasn't sure. Okay. All right. Shots are fired. <laughs> all right. We'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn. What's in store tomorrow? We're going to try to accomplish all of that next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I mentioned this when the Mike Tomlin story came out a couple of weeks ago. I said there are a lot of names on a lot of wish lists for jobs. And I said one name that's going to be on a lot of lists is Kellen Moore. He's the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. It came out that he could be on the short list to replace Gary Patterson at TCU. But uh, Kellen Moore is going to be on some other lists as well. But uh, this is how it works. You just put out... Hey, what about, let's take a run at this guy. You never know. Uh, Deion Sanders' name is also coming up, emerging for TCU as well. It's, it's how it works, you know. Um, I felt bad for Gary Patterson because he, he made that, that football program relevant for a couple of decades. They did want him to stay on, and he didn't want to. I mean, he knew that they wanted to move on, and I know the last couple of years were uh, not high-quality years or what we've come to expect, but and he did some great things there. He made them relevant, and uh, that's hard to do. TCU football. All right, uh, let me see. I got a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, Jeremy in Texas. Hey, Jeremy, what's on your mind today? So as a Browns fan, you know, Baker is the future. you got to look at him before OBJ and current with OBJ. I think when OBJ came in, he had to feed him the ball so much. Jarvis Landry is the number one for that team. They were doing fine with Rashard Higgins, with Landry, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. You know, stick with them. Let OBJ go and then pick up where you left off two years ago before you got him, and you'll be good. You'll win this week. All right. Well, thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, I've said that it felt like they were a better team without Odell Beckham on the field. But they're a running team. 
and that sets up the play action. That takes a lot of pressure off of Baker Mayfield. I don't think you're asking Baker to win games for you. I think you manage. I would ask him to manage a game. I don't. I don't want him to be a gunslinger. Now you might say, is that worth a max deal? And the answer is no. In my opinion, no. But for this year and next year, let's see what we have. And maybe if you haven't seen enough, but I think Kevin Stefanski, the, the head coach of the Browns, has been a good influence on Baker in kind of reducing that gunslinger mentality because that's what he was at Oklahoma. And I don't think he has the capability of being that in the NFL. He's just not that kind of quarterback. You might want to be that kind of quarterback, but it feels like they're more successful when we run the ball and then we do play action. Yeah, Paul. It kind of, the way you're saying it, it kind of reminds me of Alex Smith, his last year in Kansas City. Yeah. Alex Smith threw for 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and five picks and was replaced. Yeah. And you can make the case that Alex Smith is not uh, never a first-round pick. He doesn't do a lot of commercials, but he was as good of a quarterback as Baker Mayfield is currently. Well, he was number one pick overall. Well, yeah. I mean, but as far as he was no longer a hot topic, he was no longer – if, if, if that guy could be replaced, anybody can. Yeah. But he was the number one overall pick, yeah. just like Baker Mayfield. But I think Alex Smith understood his role as a game manager. He didn't like me calling him that, but I think that he was really good at doing that. He could make plays – but I didn't, you know, I didn't think that they relied on him to win games. Yeah, McLovin. How do you like this comparison? Maybe it's a stretch, but is Odell Beckham a little like Ben Simmons with the Sixers? Because they look really good without Simmons, although all the, all the hype, like their offense is probably a little smoother. They're worse defensively. You know, like a guy who gets a lot of attention, but the team's not going to be much worse without him. Yeah, but Odell Beckham has been a star, like, like you know, big, big star on the field. Ben Simmons is not. Ben Simmons has made the All-Star team and been Defensive Player of the Year, but he hadn't been a star. OBJ was a star. It's almost as if he's a superhero who doesn't have all of his superpowers. Like he has a little bit of a beer gut, maybe a dad bod, still has his cape on, and then you know, but he thinks that he still is able to kind of, you know, be an Avenger or something. And and I don't think he is. And usually, you're the last person to know that you're not what you once were. And he's getting to that, he's creeping towards that age of, you might not be as explosive as you thought you were. You know, your separation speed might not be the same. I, I think wherever he goes, whoever that quarterback is, what role does he play? What's the relationship like? Is it somebody that OBJ respects? I, I'm guessing he respected Eli because he knew Eli was going to be a future Hall of Famer. He won a couple of Super Bowls, but... If OBJ goes to another team and it doesn't work out, then OBJ has to realize OBJ is the problem. And I don't know if he's ever going to realize that. You know, Terrell Owens, as great as he was, T.O. was part of his own problem. And I don't know if he ever understood that because he would always blame his quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, McLovin. How about Green Bay as a destination? So they have canceling distractions to get everybody <laughs> off. Because they've always been flirting with adding a receiver. I don't know if they've mentioned him. I, I just worry when you said New Orleans, I'm like, oh no, is OBJ going to be okay with Trevor Simeon? I don't know. I, I, I feel bad for those guys already. They hadn't even gone there. But if you go to Green Bay, Devontae Adams is the number one guy. He'd have to say, I'm the two. You know, he'd he have would, to He take would it. have to acknowledge that Devontae Adams, and I don't know if they're going to pick him up. I don't know if they can absorb, you know, do they have to pay any of that salary? 
Now, it might be Cleveland just says, all right, we'll, we'll pay it. We'll, you know, we got to get rid of you. I just don't know how you can bring him back. I don't know how he can walk in and go, uh, hey, what's up, Vic? Hey, what's up, OBJ? Uh, hey, uh, how's your dad doing? Has he, has he got any videos? That, does he have any videos that show me actually doing well? I'd just be curious if maybe see if your dad has some videos like that. Uh, final results of the poll question, McLevin. Most overcovered. Okay. Our man, OBJ. All right. Did we agree with that, by the way, that uh, he's the most overcovered? I kind of do, just because he really hasn't produced since he left New York in 2018 or 17. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like you said he's very talented, but it's just been a while. Now, what was it that the caller said about the Nick Saban family tree of all of these coaches? I think Paulie, it was uh, all four of the final four teams right now are former Nick Saban uh, coaches. So Mel Tucker, Mario Cristobal, Kirby Smart, and um, and obviously Saban in Alabama. I think they were all on his staff at the same time a couple years ago as yeah. well. Because uh, Kirby Smart was defensive coordinator. Mario Cristobal, offensive line. Um, Lane Kiffin was an offensive coordinator there. Who were some of the... Mel Tucker was the assistant head coach and defensive back. He did one year in Alabama. Uh, That's right. Remember, and he brought in Bill O'Brien and Steve Sarkeesian. And, uh, you know, he's been bringing in these guys. Yeah. Impressive. But it's like those who coached with Bill Belichick don't usually beat Bill Belichick. Those who coach with Nick Saban usually don't beat Nick Saban. I was thinking something random. Who's favorite if Georgia and Alabama play in the title game, the SEC title game? I know it's so long from now. It's a neutral site, but it's in Atlanta. As impressive as Georgia is, don't you think the better still go history? Um, I don't know that Georgia defense. It, It would probably be a pretty small point spread. I don't know. We can find out. Paulie's going to ask Vegas. Yeah, we got a couple guys. See if uh, you know they if they do meet. Like, are you saying now if they did meet now in the SEC title game? Yeah. yeah. What would the line be? I would say Georgia. Georgia by three, maybe. But I, you know, they crunch the numbers and they would probably look at a variety of things there. But yeah, Paulie. Yeah, there there are some places that looked at it. We're going to find a good one for tomorrow. Okay. Uh, what did you learn on the program, Todd? Ross Tucker thinks Baker Mayfield and the Browns are better off without OBJ. Yeah, McLovin? Todd Silverstein should have saw it coming. He said there was something funny when Aaron Rodgers said he was immunized. Yeah, I know. You can look back. Uh, Seton, what did you learn? Baker Mayfield's not bad. Odell Beckham Jr. would just be better with a better quarterback. Mm, Paulie? Silverstein, far of PTSD. What we learned brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Hey, rocket scientists, look no further than the next big thinker, first-in-class technology, a leader in innovation, and intelligence not yet seen from an SUV. The 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLE. Learn more, mbusa.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Talk to you tomorrow on the program. Have a great day, everybody. One more item as we close out this Thursday show. Aging can make it tough to lose weight, and then when you lose it, can you keep it off? That's why I want to tell you about M-Drive. I've already been talking about M-Drive for over a year now. They got a new product, M-Drive Lean, powerful protein supplement for driven guys. You want to lose weight, look good, perform your best no matter what your age is. M-Drive Lean, first of its kind protein powder formulated with Morisil. 
Now, that's a clinically tested blood orange extract that supports reduction in weight, waist size, body mass. It's weight loss backed by real science to help fuel your daily drive. Visit mdrivedan.com. Try it for yourself. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. And it's not easy to lose weight as you get older. Visit mdrivedan.com and try mdrive lean. Shed those pounds. Feel good. Perform at your very best. Go to mdrivedan.com. Don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com. Refind your prime with mdrive. 